6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Welcome back to the show. Uh, Police in Ottawa continue to move demonstrators away from Parliament Hill at this hour. Uh, Vehicle blockade, the encampment associated with that has been set up in downtown Ottawa for more than three weeks now. Uh, But you know what? After a verbal warning this morning um, and pamphlets being handed out yesterday asking protesters to leave, saying if they don't, arrests will be made. About 30 minutes after the verbal warning this morning, arrests did in fact begin. Last word, 17 people have been arrested, uh, 21 vehicles have been towed. Those numbers may be higher now, considering the situation is ongoing. Ottawa police did tweet uh, less than an hour ago uh, from police saying that some demonstrators are, uh, quote, assaulting officers and trying to seize their weapons. Uh, so the situation in Ottawa is is in flux. It is uh, changing by the minute. Now, the breakup of the Ottawa blockade and encampment comes days, of course, after Prime Minister Justin Trudeau invoked the Emergencies Act. And Steve Bell, Ottawa's interim police chief, he says the Emergencies Act is one of three pieces of legislation that led to the breakup of the demonstration today. Uh, the Emergency Measures Act, uh, the Provincial Emergency Act, as well as the City of Ottawa emergency and injunction that have been have been provided have created the ability for us to uh, use powers and use new and uh, new and existing powers to be able to properly deal with the demonstration to ultimately bring it to an end. The Emergencies Act not only gives police more power, it also gives the government financial powers over everyday people if they've supported the demonstrators financially. But the act, of course, is national in scope. Ottawa is the last remaining uh, blockade. So is it still legally enforceable? Is the Emergencies Act still legally enforceable? I'm going to dig into that now on The Drive. For perspective, Dr. Kerry Frock joins us. Dr. Frock is an associate professor of law out of the University of New Brunswick. And uh, Professor, thank you for being here this evening. Good afternoon. How are you doing? I'm good, thank you. I'm good. Um, uh, Dr. Frock, um, considering the scope of the Emergencies Act is national, and of course days ago we had police, you know, using regular policing methods to end the uh, the, pro- the border blockades in you know, Windsor and Coots, Alberta and Emerson, Manitoba and in Surrey, B.C., uh, with Ottawa being mostly a local issue now, legally speaking, is the Emergencies Act still enforceable? happen right now is we had a a declaration of a state of emergency so what will happen next is that that um, has to be confirmed by the House of Commons and the Senate so if that um, if the House of Commons or the Senate decides not to confirm it it stops the declaration as tracks it it essentially ceases from from that point onwards so it could be that um, our representatives in Ottawa decide because this is an Ottawa issue now that um, that declaration and the powers under it is no longer necessary but um, given the fluidity of the situation as you pointed out it could be that they decide to keep it in effect to ascertain whether or not um, these protests are are going to bubble up elsewhere Um, that's the the nature of that kind of legislation 
is, um, you know, it's there if the if the, the emergency is still happening and, and still um, there's a potential threat. So as we've seen in Ottawa, you know, there's, you know, the situation hasn't been cleared yet. So it, it'll be up to MPs to decide whether or not it's still necessary. Okay, and that vote, of course, is, is scheduled for Monday evening Ottawa time, late in the afternoon uh, here in Alberta. Uh, the Trudeau government, uh, Dr. Frock, they said um, uh, the reason for it, you know in, invoking the act was because of continuing blockades and the threat of force against measures to remove protesters, um, adverse effects to the economy and the relation, trade relationship with the U.S., um, the breakdown of the supply chain because of the blockades. And the last point they used was the potential for increased violence and unrest that threatens the safety and security of uh, uh, Canadians. Now, uh, you know, the, the, the top three have been taken care of with all the border blockades um, uh, kind of, you know, rectified. Um, and I know, Dr. Frock, that the word reasonable, the term reasonable, and, and understanding that word is a, is a key concept when it comes to, you know, Canadian law. So if the government has, you know, more information that they want to use in justifying keeping the Emergencies Act in place, um, uh, especially information pertaining to, uh, you know, increased violence and, and possible unrest threatening the security of Canadians. Does the government have to give a reasonable amount of specific information, you know, to the public to do that? In terms of the declaration, the declaration has to include a, a certain amount of information about uh, the reasonable grounds it's relying upon, and it did that. If you go and take a look at the declaration that was uh, signed by Mary Simon, it does, you know, state all of the things that you're talking about. But reasonableness is also a concept that we use under our Constitution and under the Charter, um, because um, there's a, a number of rights that are in play here, including freedom of expression and, and freedom of peaceful assembly. And when you have any kind of government action, any kind of law that transgresses fundamental rights, there's an opportunity for the court to look at government justification. And the onus is on the government to justify any potential infringement. And freedom of expression under our charter of very broad right it's pretty clear it's engaged here so the government would have to demonstrably justify in the words of the charter that um, the limits are in accordance with a free and democratic society so it has to show that it's acting in accordance with a sufficiently important objective that the uh, the measures are minimally impairing of rights and that there's um, you know a carefully tailored uh, response here and that's that's usually what uh, it comes down to in charter cases is, is this a proportionate, reasonable response to uh, a perceived problem? Yeah, and, and, and would they, so the onus is on the government to kind of say that they want to go against certain aspects within the Constitution. Um, does the general public then have to challenge that in court, or is the, or is the court always going to err on the side of, uh, you know, the, con the Constitution? 
have to happen is if someone wanted it's it's not kind of self-executing someone would have to go and uh, you know assuming that the uh, you know the declaration remains in effect after um, Parliament gets a look at this um, it would be up to someone for instance the the Canadian Civil Liberties has um, yeah. said that it's going to to challenge it there's other groups like the CCF that are looking at challenging it and therefore what they would have to show is that um, there's a there's been a, a violation of rights um, through these these pieces of uh, you know government uh, sub legislation and that it's not justified and then the government would be called upon to say you know this is a reasonable response to to this problem and they would have to show evidence of that Okay, okay. Uh, Dr. Frock, do you mind if I just put you on hold for uh, a short break and we'll come back and continue this conversation in a minute or two? Is that okay with you? Certainly. Welcome back to The Drive. I hope you're having a great Friday so far. Thank you so much for your time and attention. I am continuing my conversation this afternoon with Dr. Kerry Frock, an Associate Professor of Law out of the University of New Brunswick. We're talking about the Emergencies Act. And, um, well, you know, the, the fact that... Parts of the Act, powers within the Emergencies Act, uh, circumvent the Constitution. It gives police more powers, and there are also financial powers, you know, to freeze uh, private bank accounts if those accounts are connected with some of the demonstrations and some of the protests that are happening. And, and, um, and Dr. Frock, as a professor of law, is there anything that's been happening regarding the Emergencies Act you know, that has really caught your attention or piqued your curiosity or maybe even, you know, caused you to raise an eyebrow? I, I know, Professor, when it comes to the law, you're always kind of hyper-focused on things like this. There must be certain things that are of keen interest to you happening right now. Well, it's a really unusual piece of legislation for the government to rely upon. Um, the Emergencies Act, of course, um, came out of the War Measures Act. And so the Emergencies Act itself is a piece of legislation that came into enforce in 1988. I think this is the first time that the federal government has ever used it. So that in and of itself is super unusual. Um, and, you know, the, the question is, under the Emergencies Act. Um, there's a certain amount of criteria that the government has to satisfy in order to use it. Um, for instance, the situation can't be dealt effectively under any federal, provincial, or territorial, territorial law. That's one of the criteria. And for me, it just seems like, especially in relation to the Ottawa situation, that there is a, a failure of leadership, um, a failure to enforce municipal laws, a failure to enforce um, you know, provincial laws, um, the provincial emergency order. So is it that um, that it was uh, a situation that couldn't have been dealt with effectively um, by the municipality, by the city of Ottawa, and by the province? Or is it just some failure on the ground there? Um, so that's some of the questions. So in addition to the constitutional issues, um, you know, did the conditions really exist for the, you know, an emergency be declared in the first place yeah it's it's going to be it's a it's fascinating just kind of uh, how, how you know the, the country's kind of working through the legalities of all this uh, dr frock thank you so much uh, for your time i know it's friday evening where you are <laughs> right now so i do appreciate you making <laughs> yes. time for us during your evening on a friday night thank you so much for this
Thanks a lot. Always got time for my friends in the West. Uh, well, thank you. Thank you so much. Have, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. That's that's uh, Dr. Kerry Frock, Associate Professor of Law out of the University of New Brunswick, talking about the constitutional issues regarding the Emergencies Act. Is it still legal? Will we see it scrapped come Monday? And in the House of Commons vote that's going to be taking place, again, the vote is uh, scheduled for Monday evening out east, so uh, I think it's uh, scheduled for about 6 o'clock hour time on Monday. So we're going to have to see what transpires. If Ottawa's situation is cleared up, maybe MPs vote it down, saying it's been in place long enough. Uh, for it to stick around, there's going to have to be some solid cases made, though, legally speaking, to kind of continue to infringe on some of the constitutional rights.